Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I like to think of it, Dear Catherine and no one else. <laughs> it's a comedy podcast for two brothers and sometimes two spouses. Answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Catherine! Hey! This is my wife, everyone. It's me. That's that's who I am, I guess. That's the whole... That's it, period. <laughs> she has no other claims to fame. Uh, Catherine Green, Hank's wife, period. Uh-huh. And we're we've coming we're coming to you from the studio, our studio, our podcasting studio. Uh, and if you listen to delete this, you know that that's just our bed. It's our bed. I, spend, if I'm gonna podcast, I'm gonna do it from the bed. Yeah, because I can. We're in the studio seven days a week. We are we work hard in the studio. Um, yes, we spend a lot of time in the studio, and it is all quality time. It's quality time. It's very important. We love it here. It's one of my favorite places in the whole dang world. <laughs> um, Catherine, we have had quite a week. Oh, boy. Um, but not <laughs> You've as, had quite a three weeks. I've had quite a three weeks. It's been a long time since I've been on the podcast, but I've not, I'm not doing as bad as John is right now. Mm. So thank you for stepping in at the last minute. No problem. I'm glad neither of us have the flu. Yes. And podcasting with me for a second day in a row. So, Catherine, I don't know if you know what we do here, uh, having been on the podcast two times already, but we answer questions from people. Have I only guest hosted twice? Is this your, is this your fourth time? I don't know. I feel like I've done it all the times. Well... I feel like I'm on this podcast all the time. But we, I, we do have a separate podcast, that's you true. and me. I don't know if you're aware of it. <laughs> so that's most of the podcasting you do. Right. But we're going to do some questions, Catherine. Do you have any favorites you want to start out with? Yeah, sure, Hank. Uh, this one's from Becca who says, Dear Hank and Catherine, I am going to college next fall, and my birthday is a few days after the move-in date. The problem is I'm not going oh. to same college as any of my friends. Uh, in fact, I'm going to college far away from home. Basically, I'll be alone and sad on my 18th birthday. Oh, my. What should I do? Pumpkins and penguins, Becca. Catherine definitely has experience being sad at college. And also on my birthday. <laughs> Pretty much... Every year. Most of them. <laughs> Mostly. For some reason, we're always on a plane. Usually on a plane or like it's just everyone is out of town. Yeah. Can't be bothered. E yeah. I mean, like I can't remember the last time I had like a proper good happy birthday. Yeah. It's just not a thing I have I, come to expect I in my like life. I feel like the last one, something went right. I think I think you're right. Yeah. Um. I but don't remember what it was. I don't remember what it was. But this year, we are going on vacation without our son for my birthday. True. It's true. Which is like... I love you I'm, very much. I love my son. Yep. He's and great. I'm going to miss him a lot. Uh-huh. But... Uh, yeah. This is going to be amazing. I'm very excited. <laughs> Sorry not to talk about, like, how my birthday is going to be awesome this year when you... Okay, this question is about you. Uh, um, so, I think I think there's an opportunity. Yeah. You're like, I'm having, it's my birthday. This is my opportunity to make friends. Right. With everyone. Yeah. You go to your resident advisor, potentially. Yeah. That's sort of like, they're all about creating activities for people to do. Totally. And you're like, look, I don't want to be sad on my dang birthday. Yeah. Let's have a party. 
Yeah. And so you do, you know, you get your pin the tail. On the, yeah. Or on the some, whatever. Or some more vulgar version of you that because you're 18 now. Whatever. You do sil- You do some silly games <laughs> that everyone can participate yeah. in. uh-huh. And look up silly games on YouTube. There's whole compilation videos. The, I love it. Yeah. The point of college is to like make new friends, introduce yourself to new people. Yeah. Maybe yeah. learn some things. Learn some things and have and have, you know, some new experiences. It's going to be a new experience. Have a yeah. new birthday party with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. You're going to have a stranger birthday party. Yeah. It's going to be called Becca's Stranger Party. And <laughs> and you'll become lifelong friends. I'm sure. No pressure. I mean, no pressure. Seriously, though, because like some of those people, you'll be like, I could be friends with this person. And then maybe they'll get a boyfriend and you'll never talk to them again. Yeah. And some of them you might be like, eh, it's not really my cup. <laughs> this person is really annoying and you'll still be friends with them 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's absolutely the thing. It's true. Yeah. You, you know, you could. Uh, yeah, you are often wrong. Uh about who you actually are compatible <laughs> with as an 18-year-old, in my experience. Yeah, and sometimes it's just about, like, who wants it the most? Yeah. You know? That's true. Yeah. I am often more friends with the people who wanted it more. And I was just like, yes, we worked for this. We yeah. made our friendship work. Yeah. This wasn't serendipity. It wasn't compatibility. Nope. I mean, partially, of course, those things. Everybody got to try in a, you in a friendship. In, in all relationships, yeah. whether it's business or romance or business romance. <laughs> God damn it. Is that another reference to our other I podcast? Think I think it is. This Jesus, is, <laughs> is going to be confusing for everyone. This next question comes from Kristen. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Dear Hank and Catherine, I'm currently an understudy for a wonderful production of Charlotte's Web. It's tough being an understudy because I do all the work and I don't get to perform. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I'm understudying during flu season, so the chances of an actor getting sick are exponentially greater. Plus, it's a kid's show, so my odds look very good. My next, my question is this. Is it ethical for me to wish that an actor would get sick? I don't actually want anyone to get sick, but I really want to go on that stage, not a Bella or a Stewart, Kristen. Hmm, Kristen, I know about this because I was the understudy for... Uh, 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 the character Dorothy in my middle school production, Dorothy and Alice. Ooh. And I didn't get to go on. Ah, uh, but you, did you hope? I did all the work. Um, sort of and sort of not because I was like, pressure, this is a lot of pressure. Right. Um, and I did like, I was part of the, uh, chorus. chorus. Yeah. So like I did that part. You had other things I that still you got, got to, to do. perform. Yeah. But I wasn't the the lead. I don't. It doesn't sound like this is that's Kristen's situation, which is terrible. A bum. Yeah. Yeah. A, a bum. <laughs> that's what they call that, right? <laughs> which is what they call a bum. Um, I, is it ethical for you to wish an actor would get sick? No. But then you say you don't actually want anyone to be sick. Yeah. So. But you. But I. Well, is it is it just wishing? I'm not like. Sneezing on their right. handkerchief. Yeah. Here. Yeah. There is no, there's no like. The thing is like. Thoughts, uh, like, thoughts are one thing. Right. And also like, like thinking to yourself, oh, I hope that person gets sick is different from like having the thought occur to you. Right, right, right. And it just like sort of runs through your head at yes. night. And yep. you don't need to feel bad about all, like every thought that you have. Absolutely. I have lots of nasty thoughts. Oh, totally. Oh man. <laughs> most of them. <laughs> Most of them, but you know, you don't act on them and you don't indulge. You them. don't indulge them. You don't yep. like. You don't. You don't like harp on them. I yep. think is an important part of yep. of the nasty thoughts that I've had. Yeah. Um, so, is, is it ethical for us to wish someone would get sick on Kristen's behalf? Sure. Yes, because it doesn't actually benefit us. Right. Now we're just we're trying to help a person. <laughs> Maybe that, and maybe By they don't get sick. someone no, else. No, no. What, what if they don't get sick? What if they inherit a bunch of money, but they don't get it unless they go to Costa Rica? Okay, we hope that something good will happen to the actor you're understudying for. That means they have to leave town. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good luck, Chris. Yeah, we were hoping for a weird Costa Rican inheritance scenario. <laughs> Hank, how about this question um, 
from Gabby, who writes, Dear Hank and Catherine, every year my mom's parents, my grandparents, give her novelty salt and pepper shakers for oh, Christmas. Oh, gosh. This <sighs> would be fine and dandy. However, it's been going on since before I was born. Oh, gosh. What do we do? Do they spark joy? <laughs> How can we tell my grandparents that maybe we have enough? <laughs> And instead could benefit from something we might get more use of, like an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green. Oh, by now at your hey, local bookstore. All right. I see you're looking to get your question answered. <laughs> uh, handcakes and Joffles Gabby. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. That's adorable. It might be a Dear Hank and John joke. I've forgotten a lot of them. Oh, uh, that's true. Um, handcakes and Joffles, uh, also things that would be great to have instead of a... 15th or 18th or 20th salt shaker set. I mean, do your grandparents, when they come to your house, want to see them all? Do they see them? Yeah, that's a thing where you're like, well, I guess they're coming over. I guess we got to put all of our novelty salt shakers on display. Or if you did that, would they be like, you kept all those? We (laughs) thought you were going to replace the ones. Right. Because it's good to have some variety in your life. This is your one for this year. Yeah. And then, and then at the end of the year, you have a ceremonial a- salt and pepper shaker breaking ceremony. Sure. <laughs> it's a ceremonial ceremony. You heard that right. Right. Yeah. Like all ceremonies. <laughs> ceremonial. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like if, mm, I don't know. I'd have, to, I'd have to know what their motivation is in getting That's this right. for you. Yeah. Um, I would be inclined to slyly dispose of some. Yeah. Or build a salt and pepper shaker display case because that's your only other option. Like, what I am guess. I supposed to do with yeah. all of these salt and pepper sh- Like, It's kind of cute. I could see it being kind of cute. But, like, who signed up for this? Yeah. I feel like we need to have a form that you have to sign in order to start a collection. <laughs> no, I never agreed to this. <laughs> my, my grandmother did this to me, too. She, like, one day she decided that I was going to collect, like, antique glass candy containers. Wow. Which we still have those. I I know, Hank. I'm aware of the fact that we still have those. I am aware. And I Oren put- wanted to touch one recently. And, and you were I like, was like, yes, please. Fine. Here, if you break it. <laughs> eh. Oh god. I want I'm going to throw it away. I took a picture of them when my mom sent them to me and I was like, does anyone know how much these are worth? And my mom called me and was like, you are not. Those you those were given to you by your grandmother. And yeah. I was like, okay, I was I talking guess to I'll, her recently I'll though. Hold and on she to was them. like, I don't have any attachment to things anymore. And I'm like, does that apply to the stuff you've thrown you've given to us as well? Yeah, does, does that like, apply does to that, our things? Does that apply to the things that were once yours and now are ours? <laughs> or I, because I, need, I would really like to. I need clarity on this issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how to Your mom ask is this listening question? to this podcast. She totally is. So, <laughs> could you maybe get back to me Just on that? Just let one? us know how you're feeling about the antique glass candy containers, Mom. I have no attachment to them. I gotta be honest. I and was given many wonderful gifts by yeah. my grandmother, and I do not think that any of the objects. Right. are in the top 10, you know? Absolutely. Yep. And, like, I would be happy to keep one or two, but I don't need 15 different... That's right. ...different ones. That's right. That's my problem. And especially if they're a yearly novelty salt and pepper shaper, oh. which it must be just, like, you have to replace your existing novelty salt and pepper shaker with this new one. Yeah. And the variety of that. I love it. Uh, Always uh, having a different novelty salt and pepper shaker. People come over once a year and they're like, you got another bear? Look, you got to come over. Look at that one. Look at that one now. And then everybody thinks you're a collector and they start giving you them. Oh, no. I know. It's a disaster. You have to sign a piece of paper before you start a collection. (laughs) Everyone has to agree to this. (laughs) This next question comes from Nat, who asks, Dear Hank and Catherine, I got married this past summer. All in all, we had a lovely little civil ceremony surrounded by our friends and family. I couldn't help but feel... That most everyone else was sort of miserable. People drank too much. They shattered at each other, lamented their lives, and every other old, older parent kept dipping away to actually weep in hidden corners about their respective grown child's lives. Yikes. Is this, like, normal? <laughs> 
no, I'm afraid it is not normal, Nat. Is the idea that weddings are actually enjoyable experiences one of the great lies we tell ourselves? Or should I be concerned about almost everyone I know? Oh. The bride and gloom, Nat. <laughs> No. That's super bummer. What a, yeah, what a terrible like way to feel about your wedding. I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah. Um I'm glad that it was It's not normal. A lovely I mean, little civil ceremony. I can't really say that. Like I've only I've, been to like maybe ten weddings in my life. Yeah. Um Sometimes, like, often people drink too much. Often. That is not unusual. Often. And I've never really seen, like, people crying, crawling away to to weep in corners. No. But it could have been happening without my notice. Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've seen some mistakes made at weddings. Sure. There was that thing Ben did. <laughs> you know what we're talking about, Ben. Sure. <laughs> um... <laughs> Hmm. I think that your wedding is ideally a moment to come together to like think about and and support yes. this lifelong very significant emotional and legal and you know spiritual connection that you have with another person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you didn't feel like you were getting that support then I think that that's that is a shame. Yeah. If you think that uh if you're just worried that you maybe should be worried about people, I think that you maybe should be worried about some people and like maybe those people need your support right now. Mm. And uh and maybe some of those people you know like Aren't that important in your life, but if they are important, then I think that that's. I mean, you said it was a little ceremony. Yeah. Um, not so that many the, people they there. seem to be the important people in your life. Um, you know, you got to do your best. You got to do your best <laughs> for those people, but also, you're you got to live your own life. You got to do the best for yourself as well. Hank, I John. need I... John. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yep, that's this one. Surrogate John. Hank, I need to answer this. I mean, yes, I need to read you this question. Okay. Um, It comes from Hannah, who has accidentally stumbled into a battle with her neighbors to have the most bird-friendly garden. And who must win? Oh, Hannah must win. Hannah must win. All right. Um, Sounds expensive. They're fortunate to have a home with a fairly spacious garden. And uh, one month... They put a bird feeder out to attract more wildlife. (laughs) They go on. In December, I noticed my next door neighbor had also put up a bird feeder. Great, I thought. But I wanted the birds to like our garden the best. So I put up another bird feeder and invested in high quality bird seeder. Seed. (laughs) Bird seeder. Uh, Then my neighbors put up a bird table. A bird table. Mm. I started to feel like... It was a competition. My latest additions include a makeshift bird bath and a new kind of bird feeder. And now my neighbors have a fancy new bird box. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it happens. You know? Well, how could I win this battle to be the most hospitable to wild birds? <laughs> I haven't talked to my neighbors at all about this. But competition <laughs> is very clear. Yeah. Is it? I think competition is clear, hmm. and I think that the the actual source of the competition is clearly the birds. They have done something. <laughs> the birds are manipulating the crap out of yeah. you guys. The real winners, yeah, are definitely the birds. Yeah, they are very full. This is interesting. Um, is there like a limit on birds? There's like, are there like a limited number of birds? <laughs> right. Like, if you get. If some there's... of them is your neighbor not going to get some? Yeah. I, I would try to like do complimentary things to oh, what your neighbor yeah. is doing. Well, they, like, you, they, just they have that... the table. Yeah, they have the table. You, you have, have the bird box. And they or... got they had the bird box and you've got you the bird bath. You have the bird bath. Yeah. So You guys are working together. You kind of the other thing you can do like you say is uh, plant some plants yeah that's like a grow bird food like like they things grow, that have either like... grow bird food or provide bird shelter oh, because yeah, bird birds love shelter right i mean if you want to win you gotta plant some you gotta, plants okay maybe <laughs> maybe there the are bushes step. that have both not shelter accou- and food not these accoutrements so much as right like literally turning your backyard yeah. into a 
forest. Bird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, how much money do you have to spend? <laughs> yeah. Can you open up your whole home to the uh, birds? Hannah Just... says they will go to any lengths to have the most bird-friendly garden. Okay. You need to dig a bird hole. <laughs> just a trench. Yeah, no, just d- way down deep. And it's, I don't know, do birds don't like bird holes? I mean, You're looking at me like birds don't like bird holes. Not the kind of birds that, that Hannah is trying to attract, I don't think. I don't know, it's just more surface area for birds to hang out in. Birds? Surface area? I What? <laughs> Bird surface area. You know, birds love surface area. (laughs) (laughs) That thing that, you know, people know about birds. Uh, Well, it's how, you know, if you, to expand the space that you in, it's not just about like the, the linear space. You also can create more surface area by going deep. No, and have a, high. A, a bird cave. Right, high is better because birds like the sky. Right, right. Gotta birds, go up. Birds don't necessarily want to do cave. You need they want to do bird tower. They want to do bird tower. Bird yes. tower. Yeah, that's better yeah. than bird cave. I mean, I would say, and this is like actual advice. Think about the 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 niche, the niche right. of the birds that you want to attract. The type of birds you want to attract. Do things. Is it just quantity? Because you could get. I don't know. Do English sparrows, are they as common in England as they are in America? (laughs) And starlings. You got those? Yeah. You can get a bunch of those. If you want lots of those, just uh, food and there will be plenty from what I can tell. Well, you know, it's, it's, you know, you have to provide a variety of things. So like some birds like suet, some birds like seeds, some birds like nuts, some birds like corn. You have to become an expert in this. And then bird traps. (laughs) And then bird handcuffs. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have hands. Bird wing cuffs. Wing cuffs. And then it's like, ha ha ha, all the birds are mine. You said you'd go to any lengths. And then you just put a big cage over your backyard, and then they're yours. They can't go to your neighbor's yard. <laughs> you have an aviary this now. This is my birds now. Yeah. You can birds enter, but birds never leave. That's right. It's the it's bird a- Thunderdome. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we figured it out. <laughs> Great. Great. All right, Catherine, this next question comes from Anya, who asks, Dear Hank and John, what should I do with my groceries when I get in line to pay for them but then realize I forgot to bring any money to the grocery store? Oh, man. Not Garfield's favorite food, Anya. So not lasagna, just Anya. Just Anya. I've done this a bunch of times, but I live pretty close to the grocery store. Yeah, the most recent time I did it, I just went home, got my wallet, and came back. Yeah. Um, I think that's the that is sort of what's expected, and they'll hold on to the your groceries at the customer service area. Usually, Espe- unless you have like a ton. Yeah. Uh, but you can put them all back in your cart and then like store your cart and put like your cart a- somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends like how far it is to go get your wallet and yeah. come back. Um, otherwise, you just leave. Yeah. You're just kind of like. Uh, you're not going to go put them all back. That's. <laughs> That's I might. they don't they don't want you to do that. Yeah. They don't want you restocking your groceries. Right, you might do it badly. Yes, they wanted they want to do that. Okay, that's someone's job. Yeah, so take it to customer service and be like, I'm bad. I forgot my money. Forgot my monies. Um, so either you can restock this or hold it for me for the 15 minutes while I'm go home and get my wallet. Yeah, you got you got or or put you, it on my tab. Yeah. I mean, I, I've also had that happen to me at the coffee shop, not the grocery store. Yeah. Where I've been like, I forgot my money. And they were like, you're good. We'll, we'll charge you for it next time you're in here. We see you have money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Like, I feel like we... It's nice to be able to go to, like, to, right. go to places where like people see you enough. Yeah. That they're like, oh, you, within a, with the adorable we, baby. I'm not going to... Yeah. Like you'll be back. Give, there was that also that time we went to a restaurant we'd never been to before, and oh we yeah that was weird. And they didn't like their ATM was broken, mm-hmm. and, and we, they didn't take credit cards. Yep. And we were like, we don't have any way to pay you. And Can, they were like, here's an env- here's our address. Send it to us. Yeah, send us a check. Yeah. And we're like, okay. And we did. Uh huh. It was great. I mean, like we sent them like 50 bucks on that $20 bill or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, so 
turned out okay for them. But yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Just sort of assuming that like on average that doesn't return the full check price, so we should pay more than extra. Yes. Um, but thank thank the Lord for folks. Right. I mean, that wasn't a Chili's. Let's be clear. This oh, was yeah. like a. Small town diner. Small town diner yeah. run by an, an an individual. Yeah. So <laughs> they were very gracious. Okay, here's one from Celia. is very important, Hank. I believe you. Celia asks, Dear Hank and John, are the keys part of a car? <laughs> <laughs> My family's having an argument. I say yes because the keys are necessary for the vehicle to perform its intended function. Okay. My dad says no because you can walk away with the keys and the car is still a complete object. Any clarity is appreciated <laughs> Not a pinniped, Celia. Uh, this good is a name real... specific sign off. That though. is I good. Have to, uh, I have to. Uh, is is Celia a pinniped? Well, seal. Oh, gotcha. Seal. Okay. Um. <clears throat> I, this so so. First of all, I I have to say that it would depend on the car, honestly, because like oh. some cars you can totally start and and use without the keys if you can jumpstart them. Right. Yeah. But. Okay. The the new ones with the computers. Yep. You can't. Yeah, I don't know how how you would jump start. There must be a way. I think that there's a way to start any car if you can get into the dashboard and rewire it enough. But or, the new cars are like if you don't have that thing. But there is somewhere there is an ignition thing that you can connect. Okay, but you don't think that like all the other computer things in there would not work? I bet they. I bet they would. I bet it's not that secure. It's probably not as secure as it seems. Mm, okay. Um, I don't know. Certainly I think the not. The answer in is I don't know. Our Honda. Yeah. But yeah. So, but like, first of all, you don't just because a. a piece of a car is a necessary necessary for its function doesn't mean that it's not a part of a car like the radio isn't necessary for the function of the car the chairs like the seats aren't necessary for the function of the car that's true but they're part of the car yes so that that to me doesn't say that that means it's part of the car i think it's not part of the car because it's not (laughs) yeah it's like what's your definition of the car Right, like to me, it's like a, ca- a car is not. Yeah, especially with the key fob. Like this is like fundamentally not part of the car. Like I walk away with it. Yeah. It doesn't, and I don't like go. Ugh. <laughs> don't just get snapped like, back. Yeah, I don't like hit the end of the the leash and be like, oh, I guess I can't go any farther with this. I'm, in, I'm not. I'm in. I'm. I'm out of the car now. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not like carrying a piece of the car with me. Yeah. I think I agree with you. It's too- I'm sorry, Celie. I think I agree with your dad. Yeah. I don't think it's a part of the car. The more important piece of this question, though, is, um, is it, like, I like these dumb semantic arguments yeah. that families have with each other. <laughs> and I think that it's not about who is right or wrong. I think it's about... How many times you're going to bring this up in the rest right. of your life? Together. Yeah, I think it's about having a thing yeah. and playing around and like and like enjoying uh, a discussion and a disagreement that isn't about anything important and like honing those disagreement skills in a way that builds your relationship. Totally. And I oh. and so like sometimes people are like, "Oh my god, I don't care whether a hot dog is a sandwich." And I'm like, "Right. Yeah, on a podcast, absolutely." Yes. I'm done with that conversation. Yeah, but we're like having a fun time. Right. Conversing with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh in this moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I think I see what you're saying. Like take away from this that like the point of it, which is that you are right. relating to your family in, right. in a and, nice way. And us saying that we agree with your dad is not saying that you should not keep fighting. Sure. Keep fighting for your weird, like, die on this hill. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the hill. You found it, Celia. <laughs> All right, this question comes from Haley, who asks, Dear Hank and Catherine, I do not have a lot of creative talent, so when asked to write a creative story or poem for school, I got no idea where to start. (laughs) If you were to tell me to write a three-page research paper, I would have it to you within the hour. But for some reason, I have an extremely hard time with creative writing. Mm. Do you have any suggestions or advice that might help? Not creative enough to come up with a name-specific sign-off, Haley. Aw, Haley. I mean... You're getting 
yourself in a place. You might be getting yourself in a place. A little bit. It's pretty hard to be creative if you think you're not creative. Yeah. I would say, what sort of creative things are you into? Mm. Like, do you watch television that is imaginative at all? Yeah. <laughs> like, do or you watch books. fictional television? Yep. Do you read fictional books? Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy music? Yeah. These are all inspirations. Yeah. These are things that you can draw from heavily. Right. When I was first writing things, everything I wrote sounded like whatever it was I was currently writing or reading. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, that's just how it starts. Um, you just, you just write the same story over and over again for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It takes practice just like anything. You're good at writing research papers probably because you've been made to do that a lot. Yep. Uh, you might also have some innate talent for it. Some people are more creative than other people, but you got to feed it. Yeah, yeah, you got to feed it. You definitely have to practice. Uh, an exercise that is very helpful to me is to take two things that I like and be like, what if they had a baby? Mm, just two things. What? I think that's like a tumbler. Oh, it's yeah. It's like just two things that are just like, these two things, nothing to do with each other. Smash them together. Why not? Right, right. Yeah. Like, what? what is the... Uh, what is the the Harry Potter of like uh, of demolition derbies? You know, like two two things that don't mean, and be like, I don't know. Let's find out. There's yeah. only one way to find out. Just go down that road a little bit, and it might take you longer to like right get to anywhere that seems like it works for you. Yeah, but it's a muscle. You got to work it. Yeah, um, and that that's a great prompt. That's like just mm-hmm. what do I? What are two things that I like that Cats? don't have anything to do with each other? And also, it really does help to to be cooking. To here's a show about cats who cook. <laughs> they make they make. What do the cats cook? Various fish dishes. This is yeah, like. <laughs> That's, yeah, cats absolutely. traveling the world, learning how to cook their favorite food. I like it. Yes. I mean. It, it writes itself. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't, and it doesn't always write itself. And sometimes, like it, it. It doesn't matter because, you know, the exercise is an exercise. Right. And the other thing is that, like, creativity isn't like a hundred percent improv created out of nothing. It's always based on stuff. And so it's it's it's. I have found it. As a person who is like definitely creative, I create about stuff I know about. Mm-hmm. And so like that research part is actually really important to me to oh, totally. un- to understand a lot about demolition derbies. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to write a good Harry Potter but demolition derby story unless you really understand like the like the rules of demolition derby, like the situation that the cars are in, how do they get their cars, like what drives a driver to want to be a demo derby driver. Yeah. Like you need to know all that stuff. And so if you like There's go your research after part. stuff you're into, mm-hmm. one, you don't have to do as much of that research. And two, you'll be more excited to do the research that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, as for poems, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just read some poetry, I, I guess, know, and man. like smash some words together. Yeah, that's, I don't the, know. The thing about poetry is like, it's whatever so just just like uh pick words yeah i wrote like one good poem in my life so yeah that was all i had in me there's only one poem in me yeah and i wrote it in college it's over (laughs) it's done (laughs) i wrote i once wrote what i thought was a terrible poem and my my professor was like this is very good and i think we should try to publish it and i was like this this entire institution is trash (laughs) (laughs) i hate it (laughs) (laughs) what yeah, and that actually reminds me, Catherine, that this podcast is brought to you by Magical Demolition Derbies. Ooh. Demolition Derbies of Magic, where there's spells for your engine. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Get on it. I'm very creative. This is Hank's next book. <laughs> the engine spells. Oh, thanks, uh, Hank. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by the Bird Thunderdome. <laughs> Birds go in. They don't come out. This podcast is also brought to you by that thing that Ben did Uh at a wedding. 
Ben. Ben, was, you know what you did. You know what you you. That was a mistake, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> he, he probably doesn't even think so. Mm, maybe not. Maybe not. I bet his. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, also, Hank, this podcast is brought to you by What They Call a Bum. What They Call a Bum! This is... <laughs> what do they call it? It's a, it's a bum. It's a bum. We've also got a personal message for the Project for Awesome from Meg to Alex. I just want to say thank you for everything. You made my life so much more full since entering it. Thank you for helping me through my darkest hours. Here's to seeing what's on the other side, my love. Likewise, Catherine. That, that, but for you. <laughs> Ditto. Ditto, that. Yeah. This creative, lovely sentiment, but I've... great. I'll take it and uh, put it with your name in there. Yep. Just imagine it was... So listen, your toilet is massively gross, like it's grosser than you think. In fact, bacteria and viruses can hang around in the toilet bowl even after multiple flushes. And I recently found the easiest way to clean my toilet, Blue Land's Sustainable Toilet Cleaner Tablets. Just drop, watch it fizz, brush, and flush. It is truly that simple. No more scrubbing for hours. Plus, the tablets are plastic-free. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. About you. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Oh, no. All right, here's a good one, Hank. Okay. Krista asks, Dear Hank and John, why is it that when I sleep normally, I don't get lines on my arms and face from my bed sheets, but when I take a nap or go back to sleep in the morning, I wake up looking like Spider-Man? Yes! Yes! (laughs) Why is that? I don't know. Very weird. I never have those marks. Yeah. In the morning, but I naps, you're like, my face! My face! Mush marks. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Does it? What are they called? Are they sleep, called sleep marks? Sleep lines. Sleep, sleep lines. Marks. Crease marks. Crease marks. That sounds like a thing. It could be. Could be the words crease marks. Sleep, sleep wrinkles. wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm, I don't trust any of these uh, sources we found. Uh, so basically, I have no idea, but it definitely seems like a thing. Like. Here are the three explanations I can think of with my science brain. Great. Lay them on me. One. Science brain. You sleep more still during naps. You don't toss and turn as much, so you spend more time in one position, and so you end up with the indentation faster. Or you're, like, sleeping. You're, like, just very tired Mm. in a different kind of sleep, and you don't notice when you get uncomfortable from laying in one position for a long time. Okay. Two, your blood pressure or your lymph or something is yeah, yeah, different yeah. when you are napping than when you're sleeping. Of, yeah, because it's a different kind of sleep. Because I definitely feel... Your body feel, is in a different state. Yeah, I feel different during naps. Like, I'm warmer and I don't like it as much. <laughs> <laughs> That's not everyone's experience. I know. But it does feel different. A nap feels different than, than sleep. Yeah. Three... We get them in the morning after sleeping, but we don't notice them as much because we're doing our normal routine. And so it just doesn't like occur to us yeah, that maybe it's you're, a thing. Yeah, you're just because you get up and you give yourself a little time to, right. to prepare for the yeah, day like instead of like at wake up and like, bit. I got to go. Yeah. And you're like, uh oh. What is this now on right. my body? Right. Whereas when you're napping, you're like, I have to see people. They're yeah. out there. Yeah. They're That's... right outside. <laughs> Everyone else is also awake. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That one seems the least likely to me. Yeah. It's, it seems most likely that you just sleep in one position. It's a great question, though. If anyone knows the answer. Yeah. 
let us if you are a, if you are a sleep wrinkle specialist <laughs> please get in touch hank and john at gmail.com great Good, good, good. This next question comes from Amish, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I recently purchased a birthday present for my advisor, and it took forever to arrive, so the place I bought it from sent me a free tote bag. My instinct is that the tote bag is mine, but I'm wondering if everything within the package is the present, so what should I do with this tote bag, yours, Amish? Do you think your professor would want the tote bag? Yeah, does anyone want the tote First of all, you got your professor a present, which is amazing. I never did that in my whole life. No, you never did. No, no I definitely... You don't, you don't usually get people presents unprompted. Here's the situation. I don't think about other people. Here's the situation. I... I you do, but not like that. It's not, not with that motivation. Well, what, what, like do you, what do you mean? Like special gift motivation. No. Like you think about them in other ways. You're I, not, yes. You're not like, oh, there's a special occasion. Oh, God, I'm so bad. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm sorry about Valentine's Day this year. I was in London and I was like, it's freaking Valentine's Day. I did nothing. Uh-huh. What did I do? I opened my luggage and there was a very cute card from you and Oren that was extremely sweet and that you drew pretty pictures on. Mm-hmm. And I called you on the phone <laughs> and was like, I love you. Uh-huh. I've completely cool. forgot about Valentine's Day. That was nice. Yeah. Is so, the tote bag yours? Uh, I mean, yes, if you want it. But It's yeah. not like you're advisor knew anything about this present anyway right yeah it's yeah not, they're like they have no idea this tote bag exists they don't know the tote bag exists number two professors have a bunch of tote bags they probably have a lot of tote they bags. go to they go to events right and also they're like way more adult than you you probably have more need for this tote bag right i mean the thing. I, i'm by assuming by the time I'm you're s- professor age yeah you have you so have many freaking tote bags, tote bags. <laughs> you're like please i don't want another tote bag my drawer my tote bag drawer is Full to bursting. (laughs) Why? What happened? I can't open it anymore. I remember when I got my first, like, bag for groceries, I was like, this is such a great idea. And now I'm like, this is... Why are what have so, I why done? Are, why are there so many? Why are they everywhere? Why? What? How has this occurred? How, like... I don't know why we have five. We never use more than three. Hey, Hank, here's a quick one. Ha... It's from Chloe who asks, how come when you bake it 350, it takes like 30 minutes, but if you fry it at 350, it takes like two. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good question. It's actually- also like, how do you know, you mean like fry in oil, like deep fry? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like no one fries at 350. I don't know. That's how really hot it's for too oil. too hot for frying. Okay. I think so. Um, what do I know? I think that you can fry at 350. Deep fry oil temp. Temp. Three seventy five. Yeah. Three seventy five. Yeah. All right. It is the same reason that if you go outside in zero degree weather, you'll be fine. But if you go in the water of zero degree weather, you will be very, very, very cold and dead. Yeah. So liquid holds much more of. It has many more molecules. They come into contact more when you're deep frying a potato, for example. Those molecules, the like the oil actually penetrates some extent into the potato, mm-hmm. especially if it's cut into small strips or slices or slices. And it gets in there and, and so it like the hot is injected into it. Whereas in an oven, the heat is mostly like actually radiation it. rather than like even the temperature of the air around it that's actually cooking it. How does the sous vide work then? Because that's under in a vacuum underwater. Yeah, that's just bo- that's just boiling without the water touching it. Mm. Yeah, so the, the so the water doesn't suck any of the taste out, but you get the boil the flavor of a. Or the texture of a boiled thing. Okay. Yep. Uh, okay, Catherine, this question comes from Lara, who asks, Dear Hank and Catherine, the posters in my dorm are about to expose me as a Taylor Swift fan to someone I'm becoming friends with. She has made fun of Taylor Swift in front of me before and thinks I listen to more emo 
quote, cooler music, which I do, but I also listen to Taylor. How do I prepare for her incoming judgment posters and popularity? Lara. Ugh. Yeah. Lara. I'm not excited about this. You're not excited about what? The situation? <laughs> this it sounds uncomfortable? Mostly this friend. Oh. I mean, Judgy. You don't know that. All right. You can make fun of Taylor Swift. Yeah, sure. But maybe they'll be totally fine about it and be like, oh, I see you like the, I see you're a Swifty. Is that what they're called? I don't know. Probably. What I like, Lara, is that you're not like, I'm going to take my Taylor Swift posters down. You're not, you're not even, you're not even questioning that. You didn't even bring that possibility up. (laughs) I mean, that's what I was like. Why don't you just take them down? (laughs) (laughs) Because Lara's a Taylor Swift fan and she's not going to lie about it. It's one thing to like see somebody insult Taylor Swift and not bring it up. It's another thing to like say, I'm going to change the walls of my dorm room to fit with what you think of me. I like emo cool music, whatever that is, <laughs> 21 Pilots or um, Fallout Boy. <laughs> so is that a thing anymore? Yeah, Fallout Boy is like huge now. Oh, okay. they, you, like when we were listening to Fallout Boy, they're nothing like what they are now. They're what? T- they, they did the song Radioactive. Is that Fall Out Boy? No. They do. Mm-mm. They do. I know. What? I agree with you. Yeah, Fall Out Boy was like, no, we're not going to be Fall Out Boy anymore. We're going to do like this. No, it's not. Fall, it's not. It's not Fall Out Boy. It's definitely not. Oh, you're lying to it me. It is. And that's Imagine Dragons. That's but- okay. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but trying they- to mess with me. Well, it makes sense because Radioactive Fallout. Um, that's, that, centuries. Oh, I see. Remember me? That's very similar in my head anyway. But yeah, back in, back in like 2005, it was like, you know, like pretty normal pop punk when we were listening to Fall Out Boy. I never did. Thank you. Thank you very much. I never listened to Fall Out Boy. All right, Catherine, it's time for the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Do you want to start out with some news from AFC Wimbledon for us? Do I ever... AFC Wimbledon drew nil-nil against Shrewsbury on Saturday, which is the sort of hard-fought-away point that in another season might have been helpful, but in this one just feels like too little too late. Wimbledon still likely need to win seven of their last 11 games in order to, to avoid relegation. That doesn't sound like a great situation. It's not a great situation. I'm very sorry. You really, see Wimbledon and your fans. You really gotta win. You gotta pull that one out against Shrewsbury. Mm. You gotta have a goalie mistake. Shrewsbury. Something about Shrewsbury makes my teeth want to whistle. Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. Shrews. Shrewsbury. Now I want to eat one. You want to eat a Shrewsbury? <laughs> no one can see your great face. <laughs> <laughs> too bad. Catherine, Mars. Oh, gosh. It's going great. It's Mars. The Insight Lander has started to hammer its heat probe into the surface of Mars. It's officially happening. But it, as it, I think it had like a four hour long hammering session. <laughs> oh, God. Catherine was drinking when I said that because it takes a while for the batteries to recharge so uh-huh. that they can do it over a period of time. Uh-huh. And it, they, got, so it, they got a stamina problem? It's, it's not a problem that is how it's designed for. <laughs> and no one has ever referred to four hours of hammering <laughs> as a stamina problem. It's a lot of hammering. That's true. That's a uh, good point. And it went down about seven inches and then it, it hit a rock. And then it uh, had to had to like blast for a while before it could get past the rock, which it then did. Uh, it pushed the rock to the side. It's amazing that we know all, all of what happened on the surface of Mars. And then it went a little deeper, uh, about 15 inches before it hit another rock. Oh, no. And so it's it's been slow going. Yeah. And there is a concern that if this is a big rock, it will not be able to hammer through. So does it go through or does it go around? Can it, it only it go straight? It seems to have shoved this other rock to the mm. side. Oh dear. Um, it was sort of at an angle. Have to and as start it went, over again. I don't so know. So only if got they... 15 inches in four hours. Yeah, mm. it has a lot of time to do this. <laughs> Pretty much, that's all it's got. Yeah, just it's got time. <laughs> it's plenty of plenty of time to hammer once a day. 15 inches a day is a long way. So they couldn't do some sort of like, <clears throat> um, 
sonar or something to see if there was a way to get through this regolith no, better? No, I don't think so. I think that they just sort of assumed the hardness from previous mm. previous missions and then were like, this should work unless we hit a really big rock and that will be a super bummer. I don't know if they can pick it up and move it to a different spot. Oh, it's really? possible that they can. I don't I so don't know that inside they just landed. Yeah. And that's where it is. Well, but the this piece is actually grabbed oh. from the surface and then of the craft and then placed onto the surface of Mars by a crane. Um I don't think seems that like they, they should be able to move that. I don't. Then. They could, but I think the heat probe doesn't have any way of coming back out. Oh no! Because it's just punched down, oh. and so I don't think that there's any way to grab Can't it and pull it, it out again. So Uh-oh. yeah. So hopefully that was know. this is their one shot. No, no. That they, oh. they will continue to hammer. No. Okay. But yeah. Like but this, this is, is. I think this is the one shot for the heat probe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if it hits a big rock that it can't break or push out of the way. Oh man! Is a problem. Good luck, probe. Good luck, probe. Is the is the story of Mars? Doo doo doo. What are you singing about? I'm just singing the outro music. No. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Hank, for that update on Mars. I'm glad to know that. Yes. Uh, thank you for inviting me to the studio today. Yeah, absolutely to fill in for John. It's always a pleasure to have you. You're such a joy to uh, have as a person who I see every single day. (laughs) Wow. That's the most roundabout way of saying anything. I like you too. (laughs) Uh, Thanks everybody for sending us your questions. You could do that at hankandjohn at gmail.com and we really appreciate everybody who does because otherwise there's no podcast. Sorry to everybody whose question we didn't answer. Catherine and I are off to record our Patreon's uh, only podcast, This Week in Ryan's. This Week in Ryan. Uh, this it's, podcast. It's the worst podcast. It's a bad podcast. But it, you could get it. But if, it's available yeah. at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Dear Hank and John. If you want to hear us, just, you know, read a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Basically. Basically. Um, and this podcast is edited by Nicholas Jenkins. It's produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. Our head of community and communication is Victoria Bongiorno. Uh, this music that you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget, don't to, forget be to be awesome. Don't forget to be awesome.